Welcome to the National Native Network podcast series. Today we're presenting our webinar archive, The Circle of Life Curriculum, Module 7, Cancer Resources. To view the webinar video and additional resources, please visit our website, keepitsacred.org, and click the Resources tab and the Webinar Archive tab. Please enjoy our presentation. Good afternoon and good morning, everybody. My name is Joshua Hudson, and I work with the National Native Network, which is housed at the Intertribal Council of Michigan. Thank you for joining us today. Today is Module 7, Survivorship and Cancer Resources. Um, so before we fully get into everything, I have some initial polling questions to ask. So they're available now. The first polling question is asking, what time zone are you joining from today? I will leave it open for another five more seconds. I'm sharing the results now. It looks like mountain time appears to be leading the way. Our second polling question is available. I will leave that open for five more seconds. The majority of the respondents selected female. I'm launching the third initial polling question. leave open for another five more seconds. And the majority of respondents uh, did identify that cancer is a concern in their community. Then here's the fourth initial polling question. I leave that open for five more seconds. I'm sharing the results. It seems that the largest percentage is five to nine years for CHRs and health educators.
All right, so um, here's just a quick slide showing uh, some cool images and the topic of wellness in our community. So uh, today's presentation is gonna focus primarily on cancer survivorship. So the Circle of Life Initiative uh, was developed through a partnership between American Indian and Alaska Native tribes and the American Cancer Society. It's information that tribal communities can use to teach people about healthy habits, cancer prevention, and treatment and caregiver support. The, person, the purpose of the Circle of Life Initiative is to reduce cancer mortality or deaths and improve well-being of native populations. And so here are our session objectives. We want to discuss how do we define cancer survivorship? What do cancer survivors and caregivers need to know about survivorship care planning and what resources are available to help survivors during and after treatment? So survivorship after treatment, the phase of the cancer journey that begins after initial treatment ends is often referred to as survivorship that many people consider it to start when they're diagnosed. Many cancer survivors may continue to experience a variety of long-term effects resulting from treatment, and late effects may also occur many years after treatment ends. As of January 1st, 2016, there were approximately 15.5 million cancer survivors in the United States. Due to improvements in screening and early detection and cancer treatment, it's expected that there will be 18 million cancer survivors alive in the U.S. in 2022. The growing number of cancer survivors and the increased awareness of long-term and late effects often experienced by cancer survivors has led to an increased focus on cancer survivorship. Cancer survivorship is defined as the phase of the cancer journey that follows cancer treatment. Before we can address the needs of cancer survivors, it's important to understand the different paths that a person may face along their cancer journey. A person may live cancer-free for the rest of their life without any long-term or late effects of treatment. Others may live cancer-free for many years, but may experience one or more serious, long-term, or late effects of treatment, such as heart disease, osteoporosis, or weakening of the bones, neuropathy, or a decline in healing in the fingers or toes, or even an increased risk for second cancers. And some may have a recurrence of the cancer for which they received treatment. As early detection has improved and treatments have expanded, the likelihood of surviving a cancer diagnosis has also improved. These improvements have led to a paradigm shift in viewing cancer as an episodic disease with limited survival to that of a chronic disease in which survivors face a number of issues stemming from their cancer diagnosis and treatment. So what is survivorship? Survivorship focuses on the health and life of a person with cancer post-treatment until the end of life. It covers the physical, psychosocial, and economic issues of cancer beyond the diagnosis and treatment phases. Survivorship includes related, related to the ability to get healthcare and follow-up treatment, late effects of treatment, second cancers, and quality of life. Family members, friends, and caregivers are also considered part of the survivorship experience. So, uh, and it says in parentheses, NCI, which stands for the National Cancer Institute, the National Cancer Institute's definition and the part of the cancer journey that I'll be focusing on for the remainder of today's discussion, um, and we're focusing on post-treatment cancer survivors because cancer survivors are living longer and there are more of them. Cancer survivors are at increased risk for many health conditions, including second cancers. Cancer survivors may experience a myriad of long-term and late effects. Cancer survivors report feeling unprepared and needing additional information on such issues as to what to expect physically, emotionally, spiritually, making healthy choices, communicating with healthcare providers, the impact of cancer on employment, 
healthcare coverage and financial issues, and where to go for additional support and information. We need more information about how to appropriately follow cancer survivors after their treatment is complete. So quality of life after treatment. So there are four boxes on the screen. The top left says physical well-being, which in the box it states functional status, fatigue and sleep, overall physical health, fertility and pain. The box in the upper right-hand corner says psychological well-being, and in that box it states control, anxiety, depression, fear of recurrence, cognition and attention. The box in the bottom right of the screen says spiritual well-being, and it has in that box meaning of illness, religiosity, transcendence, hope, uncertainty, and inner strength. And then the square in the bottom left says social well-being, family distress, roles and relationships, affection and sexual function, appearance, isolation, and finances and employment. And then there's a box in the middle that says quality of life, and it touches all four of those boxes. So cancer survivors are often faced with a myriad of physical and psychosocial long-term and late effects coming from cancer treatment. Long-term effects are medical problems that develop during active treatment and persists for at least five years after completion of initial cancer treatment. Late effects are medical problems that do not develop or become apparent until years after treatment ends. Late effects may develop as outgrowth of effects of treatment on organ systems or the psychological process. Some common long-term effects include fatigue, premature menopause, sexual dysfunction, and chemo brain or cognitive issues. Late-term effects may include fertility, infertility, cardiovascular disease, second primary cancers, osteoporosis, lung disease, functional disability, and a variety of psychosocial issues such as fear of recurrence and depression. These issues can impact the quality of life as well as the mortality of the cancer survivors. Often these effects are directly linked to cancer treatment used to address specific cancer sites, but may also stem from deeper experience of facing a cancer diagnosis and the changing dynamics that accompany a cancer diagnosis. Cancer affects not only the individual patient, but also impacts their family, friends, caregivers, and healthcare providers. The relationships between the cancer patient and their circle of family and friends are often changed far beyond the treatment phase. Furthermore, cancer patients often describe their post-treatment experience as returning to a new normal rather than what normal was prior to diagnosis and treatment. Regardless of the type of cancer that a survivor experienced, similar issues are voiced when cancer survivors are asked about their cancer-related problems. These issues include fear of recurrence, fatigue, sleep difficulties, and fear of the future. So survivorship in American Indian and Alaska Natives. Natives scored lower for physical and social QOL, which stands for quality of life. Native people also scored lower for psychological quality of life, but they scored higher for spiritual quality of life in comparison to non-Native. Um, and that's from a study by Linda uh, Berhens Tipinov and others. The citation is listed at the bottom of the screen. So essentially, this paper compared quality of life outcomes between Native American cancer survivors and non-Native American cancer survivors. It included quality of life findings from almost 600 Native American cancer patients, uh, all sites, and compared those data to Grant Padilla and Farrell of the City of Hope, um, Duarte, California, quality of life measures. Important to understand the effects of cancer and cancer treatment over time play a role in helping patients cope with diagnosis, treatment,
treatment and short and long-term follow-up. Almost half of survivors are from the Southwest region of the US and the majority is female. Um, and there's just a side note, this is from NACES, uh, and it's because NACES was originally focused on breast patients, almost half, um, about 264 or 46.4% are breast survivors. So uh, I meant to change this. So we're not gonna be having a discussion because our webinar isn't uh, set up for um, discussion, but Let's take a moment to think about what we know about our cancer survivors and how they're doing after treatment. So in your community, do cancer survivors feel comfortable with seeking out resources for the effects of cancer treatment? What issues do you see in your work with cancer survivors? And are there any resources that you use to support them? And if not, what are the needs that you see the most that need to be addressed? So these are some things to think about and if you felt like Putting any in the question or comment box, uh, we will address them later. So survivorship care, uh, be sure to request a treatment summary and survivorship care plan from the cancer care team. Maintain a healthy weight and get regular physical activity. Maintain regular cancer screenings and follow-up care to maintain optimal health. Seek assistance to manage physical, psychological, or social long-term and late effects. Cancer survivors, their families, and caregivers should understand that cancer survivorship can be managed just like diabetes or heart disease. Survivors, survivors may have unique needs that can be addressed through routine follow-up care by a primary care provider or other healthcare professional. Cancer survivors should request a treatment summary and survivorship care plan from their cancer care team and share this treatment summary and survivorship care plan with their healthcare providers as they transfer from active treatment into post-treatment. It's important to always keep a copy of this cancer treatment information and share it with all their new healthcare providers. Cancer survivors should strive to maintain a healthy weight and get regular physical activity by following the American Cancer Society's Nutrition and Physical Activity Guidelines for Cancer Survivors, which provide guidelines on maintaining a healthy weight throughout through nutrition and physical activity, quitting commercial tobacco use, and drinking alcohol. Cancer survivors should also follow the American Cancer Society's cancer screening guidelines to screen for second primary cancers and should know and recognize the signs or symptoms of cancer recurrence and talk with their healthcare provider about an appropriate follow-up test to detect potential cancer recurrence. Cancer survivors should also be aware of the psychological, social, spiritual, and physical long-term or late effects that may occur after treatment ends and talk with their healthcare provider, spiritual advisor, or other trusted source of information to manage all of these issues. All these steps can help cancer survivors achieve and maintain optimal health and quality of life throughout their life. So here's some more information. I know that uh, some of this information has been presented previously on some of the other presentations, but it's always worth it to discuss it just a little bit further. So there's three major Western uh, approaches to treating cancer. And the first and one of the more common is surgery. And so some long-term effects are sexual dysfunction, incontinence, or pain. And then late effects include pain, body image, disturbance, infertility, functional disability, or more trouble doing or unable to do common daily activities. For radiation, uh, some long-term effects are fatigue, skin sensitivity, or lymphedema. Uh, lead effects are cataracts, cavities and tooth decay, cardiovascular disease, 
hypothyroidism, infertility, lung disease, intestinal problems, and second primary cancers. Uh, and for chemotherapy, there's fatigue, premature menopause, sexual dysfunction, neuropathy, which is um, decreased sensation of uh, in fingers or in feet, um, chemo brain, kidney failure, vision or cataracts, infertility, liver problems, lung disease, osteoporosis, reduced lung capacity, and second primary cancers. And so as cancer survivors transition from treatment, they may feel lost uh, or have concerns about how to move forward. Cancer survivors often describe their experience as returning to the new normal as they adjust to life after treatment. So they can recognize these issues and know what questions to ask their healthcare provider. As cancer survivors talk with and visit their cancer care team less often, they may feel like they're alone and move forward and move forward in their journey. It's important to be aware of the long-term or late effects that may result from the treatment so that they can discuss these and ask questions to their healthcare providers. Most of the problems shown here don't happen to everybody. A lot depends on what kind of cancer a person had and exactly what treatment was given. Some of the problems can be treated with surgery or medicines to help a person live more normally. A person with these problems should talk with their cancer team to find out what can be done to help. Long-term effects are medical problems that develop during active treatment and persist for at least five years after completion of initial cancer treatment. Um, and late effects are medical problems that do not develop or become apparent until years after treatment ends. Late effects may develop as an outgrowth of the effects of treatment on organ systems or the psychological process. Um, and some common long-term effects include fatigue, premature menopause, sexual dysfunction, and chemo brain or cognitive thinking issues. Late effects may include infertility, cardiovascular disease, second primary cancers, osteoporosis, lung disease, functional disability, and psychosocial issues such as fear of recurrence and depression. So here is some more information on survivorship care. This is a cool little diagram um, that includes prevention, detection, diagnosis, treatment, and survivorship. And it's a continuum, so it just keeps going in a circle. Um, especially when we have conversations around uh, cancer recurrence. So people who've had one type of cancer can still get other types as they get older. Cancer survivors still need to have their cancer screenings done regularly. They may also need long follow-up with their cancer care team to watch for any problems related to their past cancer that might happen later. So the stages of survivorship care planning. It starts with prevention efforts, moves into surveillance efforts, into intervention efforts, and then rounds out with coordination of care. So prevention of recurrent and new cancers and late effects. Um, surveillance is looking for progression, recurrence, or second cancers, and medical and psychosocial psycho late effects. Intervention is looking for consequences of cancer and its treatment, examples being sexual dysfunction, pain, fatigue, psycho psychological distress, and em employment concerns. And then under coordination of care, it's really to coordinate between specialists and primary care providers to ensure health needs are met. And it leads to the use of this survivorship care plan. So here is some examples of some survivorship care plans uh, shown on the screen. So they include a summary of treatments received. Uh, it should be provided to a patient at the end of their treatment. 
it can be effectively transferred from the oncologist to the primary care physician. Uh, the survivorship care plans also describe risk factors associated with treatment, both late effects and long-term or persistent effects. And they provide a plan for the surveillance for recurrence and other comorbid conditions um, and late effects. And it identifies appropriate lifestyle and preventative behaviors. So cancer survivors are living longer and there are more of them. Cancer survivors are at increased risk for many health conditions, including second cancers. And we have limited understanding of the factors that contribute to the development of late effects. The ever-growing number of cancer survivors, the growing awareness of the myriad of physical and psycho psychosocial issues faced by many cancer survivors, the unmet needs of cancer survivors and their caregivers, and the limited availability of evidence-based survivorship resources led to the development of the National Cancer Survivorship Resource Center, or the Survivorship Center. So a focus on survivorship. We need more information on how to appropriately follow cancer survivors as they complete their cancer treatment, and ultimately the goal is to improve the quality of life for long-term cancer survivors. So here's some information uh, on nutrition and physical activity for survivors. So under achieve and maintain a healthy weight, if overweight or obese, limit consumption of high calorie foods and beverages, and increase physical activity to promote weight loss. Um, if you engage in reg regular physical activity, avoid inactivity and return to normal daily activities as soon as possible following diagnosis. Aim to exercise at least 150 minutes per week and include strength training exercises at least two days per week. Uh, to achieve a dietary pattern that is high in vegetables, fruits, and whole grains, follow the American Cancer Society guidelines on nutrition and physical activity. Because the individuals who've been diagnosed with cancer are at significantly higher risk of developing second primary cancers and may also be at an increased risk of chronic diseases such as cardiovascular disease, diabetes, and osteoporosis, the guidelines established to prevent those diseases are especially important for cancer survivors. Because family members of cancer survivors are also at higher risk of developing cancer, they should also be encouraged to follow the ACS nutrition and physical activity guidelines for cancer prevention. Survivors should ask for their healthcare provider for a referral to see an RD, preferably an RD who is also a CSO if they experience nutrition-related challenges. An RD is a registered dietitian. If an oncology dietitian is not available in the medical or surgical practice or medical center where they receive their cancer treatment and care, an appointment with a dietitian associated with their primary care provider clinic may be arranged. Survivors, caregivers, and providers can also consult the Academy of Nutrition and Dietetics to identify a private practice dietitian in their area. And so here's some information on American Cancer Society or ACS resources. So there's resources for, for survivors in treatment. The American Cancer Society offers a variety of resources in communities across the nation to support cancer patients, their families, and caregivers from the point of diagnosis through treatment. The National Cancer Information Center is staffed by trained cancer information specialists 24 hours a day, seven days a week, 365 days a year. The CIS staff, or Cancer Information Center, help by providing information and resources for individuals contacting the 1-800 number or reaching out via email. They're also available via online chat for individuals reaching out through the website. 
The Hope Lodge and lodging partnerships provide a place to stay for cancer patients and their caregivers when they seek treatment away from home. The patient support programs, such as the Look Good, Feel Better program, helps patients cope with the physical side effects of treatment that affects their appearance. Support programs such as Reach to Recovery, which is a peer-to-peer -peer support program for breast cancer survivor patients or survivors, or the Cancer Survivors Network, an online community of cancer survivors, providing emotional support from other cancer survivors. And here's information on the Survivorship Center. In September 2010, the CDC, or the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention, recognized the American Cancer Society's demonstrated success in the provision of information and resources to cancer survivors and caregivers, combined with research expertise and their ability to impact both private and public policies, and awarded ACS with a five-year cooperative agreement in partnership with George Washington Cancer Institute to develop the Survivorship Center. Some of the products developed and current activities of the Survivorship Cancer Center um, are available online. And so what's showing on the screen right now is a screenshot of their webpage, and you can visit www.cancer.org slash Survivorship Center for more information. And here's some information on post-treatment resources. Uh, on the left is Life After Treatment Guides, and then on the right is Cancer Survivors Prescription for Finding Information. Here's some surveillance guidelines for primary care. It's important for primary care providers to know treatment summaries and surveillance needs. Each type of cancer and its treatments are associated with certain long-term effects. Surveillance recommendations, potential second primary cancers, and possible complications are available for several types of cancer. So perhaps some of the most exciting yet daunting work that ACS is involved in is developing a clinical follow-up care guideline for cancer survivors. They're targeting primary care providers because they have established long-term relationships overseeing care and the management of medical problems post-treatment. After treatment ends and patients leave the oncology care setting, they eventually turn to their primary care provider for routine care. The primary care provider may then face the burden of caring for the cancer survivor with limited knowledge of cancer treatment and its long-term or late effects. So the ACS survivorship guidelines have been created to provide health, to provide clinical care standards to address health promotion, cancer screening and surveillance, and assessment and treatment of physical and psychosocial long-term or late effects. They've identified 10 priority cancer sites based on survivor prevalence and severity of long-term and late effects and the evidence supporting the need for the information and resources to guide primary care providers in caring for cancer survivors. The 10 sites noted are breast, colorectal, prostate, head and neck, gynecologic, which includes cervical, endometrial, ovarian, and uterine, as well as lung and melanoma, which is skin cancer. So surveillance guidelines for primary care the best practice is to include survivorship care plan when initial treatment is done. The healthcare professional completes the care plan in conjunction with the patient and offers comprehensive patient-centered care. And here's um, some quick little notes on it. Management of late or long-term effects, psychosocial recommendations, screening and surveillance for new or recurrent cancers, prevention and routine health recommendations, and coordination among specialists and primary care providers. And it serves as a guide for healthcare teams when delivering survivorship care. So survivorship 
survivorship care plan content. Uh, it should include cancer treatment history, potential long-term and late effects of treatment, recommended surveillance for long-term and late effects, recommended surveillance for recurrence and new cancers, specific information about the timing and content of recommended follow-up, recommendations on preventative practices and how to maintain health and well-being, information on legal protections regarding employment and access to health insurance, and availability of psychosocial services in the community. So here's some guided thinking. So let's think about what we can do to better support cancer survivors. So based on your experience and uh, based on your attendance to some or all of these modules, who may need to be educated about survivorship? Um, what are the education needs? How can the American Cancer Society or the National Native Network or the American Indian Cancer Foundation uh, support you in providing this education? And are there any cultural beliefs that would be helpful to draw on when having this conversation? So these are some things to think about, and if you feel comfortable, you can put them in the, the question or chat box. And as we start rounding out, uh, I just wanted to make sure that I highlighted there are American Indian and Alaska Native specific resources. Um, the American Cancer Society does have their circle of life online, um, and we will post that link for sure. But here, first, the link for American Indian Cancer Foundation, and then the second is the National Native Network website. Both of these websites have resources and information that would be helpful and available um, for people who are seeking more information on survivorship or cancer incidents, cancer mortality, things of those nature. So here are some key messages. Cancer survivorship begins uh, from the initial diagnosis until the end of that survivor's life. It's important for cancer survivors to understand the long-term or late effects that may occur after treatment and to talk with their healthcare provider about these issues. You can take action and get support. Uh, you or someone else, if they are seeking support, can call 1-800-227-2345 to speak with a trained American Cancer Society cancer information specialist for assistance that you or they may need. And it's also possible to join the Cancer Survivors Network, which is an online community of cancer survivors sharing their experience, wisdom, and hope, which is located at www.csn.org. And remember, healthy lifestyle changes can help reduce cancer risks. It's never too late to make those changes. Talk to your healthcare provider about regular screening tests for cancer. Early detection can help save lives. And together, we can do everything in our power to prevent cancer and to continue on our journey. So we're approaching the end for today. I did have one other polling question that I'm going to put up right now. So how many of the Circle of Life presentations were you able to attend? One, two, three or four, five or six, or all seven? We're at almost 25% voting, so I like to see at least 60%. So I'm gonna leave it open for five more seconds.
So I'm sharing the results now. It looks like the number one response from all the respondents is five or six. So that's exciting. I'm glad that uh, those of you who responded that were able to attend the majority of them. Also, I really want to shout out the 22% of people who were able to attend all seven. Um, we, I did receive some information. Someone wrote primary care provider guidelines for AIAN, and I think that that was from one of our guided thinking. So based on your experience, who may need to be educated about survivorship? What are the education needs? How can the American Cancer Society support you in providing education? Um, as well as the National Native Network or American Indian Cancer Foundation. Um, and are, are there any cultural beliefs that would be helpful to draw on when having this conversation? So um, thank you for including that. Primary care providers uh, do need a lot of support um, and a lot more information because primary care providers are expected to know a lot about a lot of different things. Um, and so it's, it's good to really know about uh, the cancer survivorship care plans and making sure that um, that's being shared with the primary care provider so that they're able to adequately provide appropriate and effective um, follow-up care. Because as has been stated many times throughout uh, the Circle of Life series, but multiple times during today's presentation as well, is that um, from the moment of diagnosis on, a cancer survivor will be a survivor for the rest of their life. So if there are any questions or any other input, the question box is available at this current point in time. Um, some additional information, you will receive a certificate for attending today's presentation if you attended live um, and that will come within the next two days. And if you are waiting on any other certificates, um, I will be compiling all that information and sending those out as well in the next two days. Um, so I will be wrapping all this up. Again, today is module seven. So this is the final presentation in this series. The archived page of all of the presentations will be ready in about 24 hours. So um, due to some technical issues, we likely won't have them have the video from today's presentation uploaded within the, the two-hour time mark, but you still will receive a follow-up email with a link to the archived page where you can view all of the modules. Uh, but there's just a little, there will be a delay in the posting of today's presentation. So I'm not seeing any additional questions or comments. So I would like to thank you all again for attending today's presentation. It's been really great having you. Um, and we've had a really great turnout for all seven modules of this program and presentation. So thank you all for your participation in this series. It means a lot. If you have any questions, please feel free to visit uh, our website, keepitsacred.org, which is the National Native Network, or acaf.org, which is the American Indian Cancer Foundation. There's also additional information on American Indian cancer incidence and mortality through the Indian Health Service and the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention. 
Um, and as always, if you have any questions, you can email nnn at itcmi.org. And then, so on the screen right now, I'm showing, uh, there's a link. So to view all of the archived presentations, visit cupidsacred.itcmi.org slash circle of life curriculum. Um, and for more information on the circle of life, please, please visit cancer.org slash content slash circle of life slash home.html. So we will also be posting these slides along with the presentation within the next 24 hours. So thank you all again for attending today and uh, please go and help and we hope that you're able to join in on some of our other future webinars. Thank you all so much. To view the full webinar video and additional resources, please visit our website, keepitsacred.org and click the resources tab and the webinar archive tab. Thank you for listening to this webinar archive presentation from the National Native Network.